1: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform?
0: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not gonna say
1: it. That sounds too good. No, it's good, roll. No, 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 how no, how no. no, they they no.
0: <laughs>
2: if
1: the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, this is Ty Windish from the Future, ahead of this GSPN crossover podcast you're about to listen to. We recorded earlier on Wednesday, right after the edit was done. We got a bunch of news on the Bucks injury status, which we talked about on the pod. Um, luckily we weren't too far off. I think we were mostly pretty optimistic, but just not totally sure. And the, according to Mike Budenholzer, this is not the official injury report that will drop Thursday evening. But according to Bud, after a practice, um, this is per Jim Ozarski of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He believes Middleton, Portis, and Crowder. So Chris, Bobby, and Jay Crowder. We'll all be able to play Friday versus Miami, the Bucks' first game back. That's great news. He also, the reporting on Giannis was they will take it day by day. He did practice. Um, I don't think he's really been ruled out yet. They're just not really giving an update because of the nature of swelling and pain and that risk that he's managing. So, you know, the injury speculation on this pod, we were a little, I think we were probably a little more cautious than we needed to be for the most part. But it's good news. So just wanted to make sure everyone going in has that update um, before you listen. And then quickly on Myers-Leonard. Myers-Leonard spoke as well at length to reporters. And Mike Budenholzer addressed his situation too. And I won't speak for Adam or Jordan. I mean, we all share a lot of thoughts at length on this episode. And again, I don't think that they're invalidated that we heard from Myers-Leonard beforehand. I will say my opinion is that this first presser, He seemed genuine. He seemed contrite and remorseful. Um, He spoke about, again, about the work he's put in to connect with the Jewish community and learn from this mistake and try to make it right. Um, And I think he said also something that was important to me is that he plans to connect with the Milwaukee Jewish community as well as the community in Milwaukee as well. So it, it does seem like, you know, this isn't a situation where he did his story and, you know, put that out there and shared what he had gone through and that he was sorry, and now he's going to ignore it. It does seem like Leonard does want to continue making this right. So um, I'd say it was a really good first step, as good as it can be uh, in a situation like this, where there's really no perfect solution um, for Myers Leonard or the Bucks. Also, I-, I think it matters that when Bud discussed um, the situation, here's a-, a quote from Bud. This is, transcribed by Eric Name of The Athletic. I think Myers has been really, really diligent and conscious about engaging with the Jewish community, acknowledging that there's no place for anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic slurs or any kind of hate speech, Budenholzer said. The genuineness with how he's talked to us about it, he's talked publicly, we feel like he's a person of high character that has owned and tried to make this an educational opportunity for himself and others, so we're hopeful that he's in a good place, and we want and seek out people with high character, and we think Myers is someone that fills that. Again, we talked about on the pod. That's the end of the quote. Um, I, I don't think it really should have been Bud's responsibility to speak to this. I, I hope we hear from John Horst at some point as well. But I, I think that does check the box that at least I was looking for of the Bucks being up front and you know not just hoping that the controversy had gone away and then making this move. But thinking that this can be a true, I guess, second chance story. Redemption, I think, is probably thrown around too much, but a true second chance story for Myers Leonard. And they are not shying away from that. So uh, I'm going to be interested to follow and, and see how everything goes and, and, you know, what actually happens in terms of both on court and off court with Myers Leonard. But I think off to a good start um, and one that is more positive than i think we probably expected so along with the injuries i I think the news overall from this buck's practice i'd say was was positive and was good so with that i'll i'll pass it over to myself for the rest of this podcast i hope you enjoy listening um and make sure you enter the giveaway and the event sign up we're about to talk about okay thanks bye Hey there, welcome to a GSPN crossover. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm in the middle of a lovely win and six sandwich. I'm Ty Windish, host of the Eurostep, joined by the magnificent Adam McGee and the majestic Jordan Tresky. Rohan Kadi, not feeling the best. Feel better, Rohan. Everyone send good vibes Rohan's way. But Adam, Jordan, how's
2: it going, guys? I am doing well. Get feel better, Rohan. He's a DMP um, head stomach. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> all the all the maladies or maladies maladies. Good lord, maladies. Well. Maladies is great. This is good radio, Adam.
1: Do you I want don't. to just say
3: how hey, you are, Jordan, or anything just before? Oh, I, I said I'm order. doing
2: well. I'm doing well, and I,
1: okay. I,
3: yeah, no maladies for you. No maladies. <laughs> Uh, i'm doing well that's shoddy oh god <laughs> i'm doing well i'd be doing it. i'd be doing even better if rohan's face was here it's the only time i get to see rohan is on podcasts everyone else i don't know it, That's also true for ty but i feel like i see ty more often for some reason yeah um but yeah i'm excited to talk books the books are good yeah They're still good they haven't lost a game since we last recorded
1: they haven't indeed before we get to the bucks talk including Again, just the whole Bucks season is just like how are the injuries stacking up? That's all that all, I feel like—not all that matters, but most of what matters for the Bucks. We have a lot to go through. Thankfully, it doesn't seem like that bad news though for any one player, which is good. Before that, though, a couple of exciting things. Adam, I think for the first time on the Bucks feed, we're announcing this, right? Do you want to go ahead and? Yes.
3: Uh, sure. I, let me think. That I've got all the details right now. Uh, listeners of Cruiser for Bruising, members of the GSPN Discord, or people who follow us on Twitter, you might already have seen. Uh, but I'm coming to Milwaukee in the beginning of April. Andrew Snyder is also coming to Milwaukee, which means, for the first time ever, the entire GSPN crew will be together in person. And uh, we're very excited. We'll be taking in some books, taking in some brewers, all that kind of good stuff. But I guess, most importantly, for everyone listening, we are also going to be watching some books and brewers at a yet to be determined location and we'd like any of you who feel like that will be a fun night to come along and join us you can take your picture with jordan i don't know get him to sign <laughs> your lady in the water dvds you could um, get a I'm picture
1: sure it... with rohan too but it's not free rohan will charge we'll tbd will charge, out of yes. jordan
3: charges i'm a company, I... i'm a community man <laughs> And as I noted in, a, in the Discord post announced this, you can, like, wave a tie from beyond yeah. the velvet ropes of the VIP area. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you are interested in this, what we want to do is we want to make sure we find somewhere that will cater for as many people want to come and hang out with us. So we ask if you are very much, I am definitely going to that. I'm committed to it. It's Tuesday, the 4th of April. We'll be meeting, I guess, around 6 p.m., whatever this Milwaukee location is. You can go to gspn.info, and one of the options there, I believe, Ty, you added it, right? Oh, it's there. I, I haven't seen it yet. One of the Register. options there, Register the very the first in one.
1: Person. Two exclamation points, big deal.
3: It is a big deal. So you can go fill out the form there, put your details in, and we'll be in touch with you with exact location details when we when we work that out but we're very excited we'd like to uh to catch as many kind of listeners longtime listeners who i know we have a lot of in person while we're all there so it'll be a fun thing whether you listen to us talk books brewers packers pop culture whatever it is it's gonna be a rare occasion the full GSPN crew together
1: it is and you know also exciting this is you know not as new news to people who have been tuned into this feed but You can win a Bobby Portis jersey, too. That's Mm -hmm. still pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Not as exciting as GSPN history, but I'd say right up there. So that also, like everything we do, can be found at gspn.info. One entry per a screenshot of you subscribed to each GSPN pod. So that's up to four that way. That is Eurostep slash Win in Six. This feed right here. Cruisin' for a bruisin', Milwaukee Brewers talk. Talk of the Tundra, Packers talk. Jordan and Numak who knows nothing about U.S. states, and make time for this, which is largely Adam and Andrew, but some other people as well, talking really anything, anything else, out of movies, but not just movies, TV shows, Succession, excited for that. Um, so go enter. Also, you can get a fifth entry, so up to five entries per person by screenshotting a donation to Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. That link also currently at gspn.info. This is helping to feed hungry kids. So... Be sure to do that. We're over $200, I believe, in listener donations already. Looking to pump those numbers up even more. Help out a good cause. Enter to win a Bobby Portis jersey. Much appreciate everyone who has entered so far. Okay. Should we talk about the Bucks? It's been it's been a while since they played. It's been a while since we have talked about them together. And I, I guess the one place to start would be Giannis Atetokounmpo, a player we don't always start with, hilariously enough, but injured his wrist against the Chicago Bulls, played about 40 seconds in the All-Star game, did not play in the skills challenge. I would need less than an injury to be convinced to not play in the skills challenge. You could, <laughs> if I woke up on the wrong mood, I think I would opt out. of it. Poor Drew Holiday had to do it instead of him uh, with Timo Tedekumpo. But the news we got, quote-unquote news, is that there's still some swelling, but it's not a more serious um what, not, not fracture, what's the word? Um, sprain, wrist sprain. So could miss some time. We don't really know exactly yet. It's all about pain and swelling management. But Adam, what was your reaction when we got the honest update? And were you surprised? Or is this kind of what you expected for the update for the big fella?
3: I think overall, I was a little confused in the few days from when the injury happened. Uh, for example, I was not watching the All-Star Game live, or in fact, not live, <laughs> but I woke up the morning after the All-Star Game, and I, I didn't know he was playing at all. I didn't expect him to even check into the game, to start the game, to do anything. So to see the one single Giannis highlight, I was like, okay, I know that's become a thing. Wasn't it last season that Chris Paul did the same? Mm-hmm. Um I don't really know why, but okay, people want to actually have their their all-star appearance for real, fair enough. He was certainly protecting it a little bit more than I would have hoped for if he was going out and doing that, so that was interesting. I don't know if we gained a whole lot from the reporting. I mean, the good news is the MRI didn't show up anything very malicious and kind of clearly ruling him out for a period of time, but the reporting essentially being when it's not sore anymore he's going to play, was, even by the standards of injury reports that we've heard on books players in recent years, really, really scraping the bottom of the barrel. So who knows when that's going to be? I think the books could just decide, okay, probably should. We're going to take every caution. Let's just sit him out for a few games, and yeah. come what may, we'll deal with that. This is something you can do if you're on the back of a winning streak like they are, if you've closed the gap on the Celtics. But... We'll see. Maybe he's feeling good by Sunday. Seems like that could be a return for another notable NBA player from injury and he might want a part of that matchup. From a books perspective though, take your time, Giannis. I mean, if there's if there's anything hurting there, there's no need to to force this as superhuman as he proves to be year in, year out.
2: Yeah, I thought the um reporting around it was very strange as much as it was uh everybody probably got a little jolt or scare um sunday night seeing i think it was tim Bontem saying that he's gonna fly to new york get an x-ray and we're like okay we're gonna go through this all again when you watch the injury or the game live and you watch the injury it's like well he's already gonna miss time Regardless of whether that was going to be over all star or the, you know, when they come back from break, even with it being a longer break, it was like, there's just no way that they're going to fast track it. So to kind of have the same reporting and the same assurances that he's only going to play when, surprise, his wrist is healthy is like, yeah, that kind of checks out. Like that's normal, right? Like I didn't, I didn't think it was, I didn't think if there was, but the moment that Bud said after the Bulls win that it would there was no clean break, I was like, okay, well, we're still gonna not see them for a little bit. Like it just kind of it felt banked in. And the fact that, you know, we kind of lived over this news twice or three times. <laughs> I was like, nothing's really changed with how they're gonna manage Giannis. Especially with as it's just the latest of all these things that just you know have piled up. Thankfully, no one has Excuse me. No one has been out um you know, out for the season, but it's like indefinite absences or extended absences that the Bucs are just gonna play right. That's that's, you know, this the second year in a row really, where they're kind of having to juggle all these meaningful players sit on the sidelines for a while and you just kind of just have to take it by ear, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm I don't know where, what I would say, what I would say about how I feel about Dallas, but it's as long as there's no like a break or anything like that, we're we're still doing good.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the thing that helps, of course, is if there's a time to pick up an injury like this, you know, early ish in the last game before All Star break is a pretty good time to do it. The Bucks have eight days between that Bulls game and their next game, which is Friday night against the Heat. Then, as you mentioned, Adam, potentially against Kevin Durant and the Suns. That's a day game on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, so that's 11 a.m. local time in Phoenix. We'll see if you know Giannis decides to play by then. I I feel like that with this, I, I, the only thing that would shock me is if it was several weeks from now. Like, mm. if Giannis played against Miami, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't be, like, floored. I would be like, okay, he's feeling better. He is a superhuman. I mean, how many times have we been like, oh, God, he just twisted his ankle or he just sprained his knee and... He's not coming back. We're not going to see him for a month. And then, you know, you look down, you look back up, he's checking back into the game. So maybe it's, you know, unrealistic or spoiled to operate on that, but it just does feel like the guy just finds a way to play. I mean, he'll miss time here and there, but it doesn't seem like most anything is going to keep him out for that long. I mean, knock on wood, of course. Um, But even if he takes off another full week after, like, so two weeks from the injury, Mm That's still only four total games, Uh, Friday and Sunday I just mentioned, then a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back at Brooklyn home against Orlando. So then the next game would be Saturday, March 4th against Philly. That's if, you know, misses two weeks plus and um, doesn't play until then. That's four games. I think that then would probably be my next reasonable guess for when we'd see him if it's not earlier. Like Obviously, the, sec- the second part of the back-to-back against Orlando, I'm going to say no. That's not going to be it. Uh, I would guess Phoenix, Brooklyn, or Philly, one of those three games. So either the second, third, or fifth game that the Bucks are coming up. But this isn't sourced. I have no idea. Just a guess and just knowing Giannis and how much he wants to play. The other injury – well, the next injury, I should say. Chris Middleton just missed because his knee just wasn't doing the greatest. This has kind of been overshadowed by – the honest stuff, the org has not expressed that much concern, but also they kind of never do. And you know, we've seen, we've seen things be bad before. Do you guys have any read on or I guess just feelings on? I don't know. I don't know if anyone has a read on. But what are your thoughts on on Chris and when we're likely to see him again?
3: I would, I would hope we're imagine... gonna Sorry. Go on. Go on, Jordan. I think what we're gonna say the say same thing.
2: Imagine coming out of the All-Star break.
3: That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I hope so. If not, then it becomes a problem in a different way for the books, where I would have some concerns. The books organization are not going to push it this way, but we do have this kind of string, this triangle of injuries, you might say, where the pressure to return will go from one guy to the other, and that's Giannis, Chris, and then Bobby, wherever he's at. That's going to be kind of interesting to monitor if all three guys, for example, are still out coming out of the All-Star break. Um, How that kind of plays into a timeline, because you're getting a very different version of the books if you're without all three of those. So I do think Chris, to some extent, factors into the Giannis discussion, not because the books will be like, well, if Chris is out, we need to get Giannis out there, but maybe more because Giannis will feel like, okay, Chris is out, Bobby's still out. I've got to go out there. I've got to do my part. And there might be some of that that kind of plays the other ways either if Giannis is out. So I don't know if they're entirely unrelated. This is also kind of par for the course with Chris. And they could realistically have planned this out anyway. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's happened here because they probably would be more upfront with that. But it might have been a pretty logical way to plan this. Is Okay, this time we're going to get him back. Then he's going to have the opportunity to wind down, have some rest. The one concern I would have with that is the stop-start nature has been something that's worked against him a little bit. Um, So getting back into games and that going smoothly whenever he does come back is going to be important again, just so that we don't deal with any really notable setbacks like we had first time around. It is felt,
2: to go a little uh, cross-sport analogy, felt very uh David Baari like oh, gosh I was oh, really hoping you.
3: that wasn't the injury comparison you were gonna bring out oh
2: well excuse me, but I think it
3: I mean that was like more... that was two years of i I know Chris has had his injuries and but that that particular that's a really really bad case a one that didn't have a perfect ending I would say uh um, you look pretty good but... this year. He he looked pretty good, but he did also miss plenty of time. And it was always, you felt like hanging by a tread week to week, whether is he actually going to be in one piece? Is he going to be able to play? That might be the point we're approaching with Chris, but I don't know if I want to verbalize it being fully kind of David Bactiari. I'm
2: just saying yeah. I there's a lot of crossover from Bucks fans and Packer fans that they, I would imagine they are feeling the same feelings of like
0: What's going
2: on? You made them all feel miserable. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing them out. Is there. Is this,
1: is this why Giannis picked Dame before Drew at All Star?
3: Contingency Conspiracy plan. See Talia's here.
1: Yeah. Put the hat on.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do think that I, I'm not going to uh, – I'm sure when the injury report tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Thursday, 5 p.m. local. The game is in Miami, yeah. so I believe it will be Is it 4 p.m. No, I'm wrong. It's in Milwaukee. Disregard. Okay. 5 p.m. central is by then we should know. I think they usually actually are posted at 5.30. We may get an update beforehand if reporters are at practice. But also it's Coach Bud, so probably not. Um, yeah. But by... the books
3: are also a home to the Suns. By the way, Ty, because you were thinking that one's in Phoenix. Suns. That one's, that one's
2: yeah, well, nicer. he I... mentioned Phoenix local time at eleven. Yeah. England. Oh, it's, okay. It's
1: hilarious the game. that their fans might have to wake up and watch KD at pre-NFL. Out. I guess NFL hours for them.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah, it's noon. Hmm.
1: It's it's in Milwaukee. It's noon Central.
2: That game. Um. Yeah, I'm. I, until that injury report comes out. And that's going to be a big – That's maybe the biggest injury report of the year, honestly, because
1: we're going to get clarity on all four of these guys. Bobby that's Portis true. and Jay Crowder are the other two. So mm-hmm. I think Ooh. it feels like Bobby is, I think, pretty close. We saw the workouts. Seemed like he looked good. Um, We'll get to what was said about Jay cool. Crowder on a certain – Well, we'll get there. Let's talk about Bobby first.
3: The same workout,
1: right? It's the same it's workout, impressive. but we're talking about Bobby first, trying to hold this pod together. Um, but I just think generally though, both of these guys just feel pretty confident it won't be too much longer. I, I don't think so. I mean, Crowder, you know, it's really just about getting into game shape. It sounds like he's back to his playing weight. He looks good. Bobby obviously was coming off the injury, but it, it seemed like there was some optimism around his status even going into the break but it wouldn't be that long after so maybe it won't be the miami game but it feels like both of those guys like i wouldn't think too much longer than that honestly and if it is you know i don't think that's necessarily a problem it could just be bucks caution we'll see um but i think you know the optimist view is we should see probably three of the four guys we talked about within about a week of games if not less at least i don't know with I would Yacht-
2: imagine Giannis might go a little bit Giannis longer. is the one, but I think we, I mean, I don't know. It seems like we could. But if you have all three of Chris, um, Bobby, and Crowder play within, like you said, like, you're kind of fine.
3: Oh, can, I they can just keep on winning, I mean, yeah. realistically, with your yeah. schedule. It's sure, there's one game in there where you may say maybe not, but even that's a lot up in the air. Even with Giannis, I mean, the one thing I guess that is working against me, right, that the timing is as good as it can be, it would be perfect timing if it was anyone other than Giannis on the roster, because uh, he was pretty busy all of last week. And I'm not saying that the books didn't have their training staff out there with him and doing what they needed to do, but he was really into that clipboard. You know, there's a lot of a lot of activity and he was having a really good time where. I don't know if that was necessarily peak rehab time um, compared to if he just been at home in Milwaukee for the week. Yeah. So that's something too, and I know we've talked about that in the past. This feels like one of the strongest cases. It was probably for the best that he didn't have to play. Um, it's got to take a lot out of Giannis the way All-Star Weekend has increasingly for from, particularly when he's a captain involved in stuff like the Skills Challenge. And then just being this kind of celebrity face and enjoying that clearly, like on All-Star Saturday, he likes taking on that role, which is kind of become an annual thing. But ultimately, I think it's probably got to take something out of him. Yeah. Um, so the chance to rest all around and not playing the game was beneficial. But I do wonder, too, maybe the books say, OK, well, you still have a lot of stuff going on there. You're not quite right with your wrist. And use that even as an additional reason to just slow this thing down a bit more.
1: Okay. Do you want me to read the tweet or Jordan, do you have it up? There's – we have to cover this. this is you know important. what it
3: says, Ty. I, I mean, need it, I need from it verbatim. From memory, I'm sure I'll, you can I need it verbatim.
1: It. I'm doing the whole tweet.
3: You're just trying to get Jordan to say it. I'll do I it. Know... No, no, no. From Mark Jones ESPN. I know from – From track record, Jordan struggles when he has to read out stuff like this. I'm going to
1: struggle with this too. February 2022, 2023, a lot of 20s, at 12.10 p.m. Central. I feel like you have to say the whole date and time like it's when disaster struck. At Mark Jones ESPN. Watch Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis, and Joe Ingles working out during the All-Star break in Miami at Remy Training 2-3. During five on five, Crowder's Jimbo wet wet, and he had good <laughs> chemistry with his Bucks teammates. Crowder told me he's already at is at his playing weight. Um, flex emoji basketball emoji
2: at Bucks a problem.
3: Can Mark Jones start like saying this in commentary? <laughs> on
2: the, yeah, in the broadcast. I
3: I need it. I need oh. it on the broadcast. It's That's his Ben. When you're reading it, I'm like reading it out <laughs> Jimbo in, in wet
2: wet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but it's good news. I mean for, for all three hey, Joe sure. I, I I I would love to see like what's the combo like with Jay and Bobby and Joe Ingalls. I would love to see what these three are talking about.
3: They're talking for wet wet jimbos. <laughs> all is not right. Clear. Well
1: I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make that <laughs> allegation.
2: <laughs> I didn't mute when I was gonna mute there but, um, <laughs> behind the curtain. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's
1: the injuries and the wet, wet Jimbos we had to cover. Um, there's also been a roster move. The fun continues, uh, as reported a couple days before on Wednesday. The Bucks made official their signing of Myers Leonard to a ten-day contract. So the facts about Myers Leonard. He was injured and on stream, he is a gamer, that's a fact, said a slur that refers to Jewish people. He was traded and released after this. This, again, may have been coming anyway because he was injured at the time and also is just kind of a, you know, bench player anyway. Has not been in the league since then, which has led many to say he was quote unquote blackballed by the NBA. If you actually read the reporting, he was injured for a lot of that time and only cleared to play earlier this season. Pretty soon after that, he had a workout with the Lakers, and then obviously now is signing this 10-day with the Bucs after a successful workout. So clearly there's been interest around the league in uh, a big man who shoots, which is what he does. He also has a well-reported on, I guess, road to redemption, some might say, working with leaders in the Jewish community to learn more and atone for what he did. He's talked about, you know, being in a pretty depressed state of mind after all this, thinking that maybe he threw his career away. Um, And obviously, I mean, he hasn't said this part as much, but obviously, you know, not a good time. There's never a good time, but especially with everything going on around the country, you know, saying a, a, a slur against the Jewish community also should probably be weighing on his mind as well. But when it was first announced and after you've done you know more research into this. Adam, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Bucks adding Myers Leonard to this probably in the long-term pretty meaningless 10-day contract as their big guys go through some injuries they're recovering from?
3: Ooh, um, I guess first and foremost, the road to redemption, I'll put quote-unquote that you mentioned there. Yes, I'm just not interested in right now. Um, this is his opportunity to prove whether that's real or not i think that's my first takeaway we can talk about what we think about the books making this decision it's right from a basketball perspective if it's right from a culture perspective if it's right from a pr perspective whatever we can talk about that in a moment um in terms of the idea of i don't know i guess forgiveness and moving on and someone made a mistake and okay, they're going to go through the necessary steps, they're going to educate themselves, and they come out the other side and they get a second chance. This is the second chance that, in theory, someone's to get. A lot of people who uh, feel quite strongly about cases such as this and anyone who feels uncomfortable about it, they're responsibly, what? Do you you not think people deserve a second chance? I'll be quite honest and say, I just wish a second chance was with another team. I wish it wasn't with the team that I was cheering for. That's the... That's the selfish way about it. Um, The flip side of that is, if the road to redemption is real, this is the time to show it. And that's a very tough balance because this is his big NBA opportunity and all of his focus is going to go on that. But this is also the time when, you know, the spotlight is real again and mics are back in front of your face and the spotlight is going to be really real on him for these reasons. So, It's one thing to kind of pay lip service to, oh, I met Jewish community leaders. This is the kind of time where, and he may never get this chance again, these 10 days could be it. I'm inclined to say they won't be, um, but they could be it. This is his chance to actually speak to, to speak to the fact that he was ignorant, that he made mistakes because of his ignorance. And here's what people should know so that others who are similarly ignorant don't make the same mistakes as he did and can come at this from a much more understanding perspective. So I think that's my overall view on it, is as simple as, like, sure, does he deserve a second chance? Does everyone deserve a second chance? I don't know. We can take that case by case. People could feel the way they like about it. Um, I would have rather to watch this from afar and learn, okay, is he actually kind of, is he actually contrite about it? Is this real? But now that it is with the books, I would like to not just, with all due respect, because I have no doubt that this was tough for him, that's not really the reflection I want to hear. The microphones are back in front of his face. This is a chance to actually speak about what you've learned and where you went wrong in the first place and what you can teach others to move out of that mindset, because as you correctly point out, this has been a major issue throughout the United States, throughout the world. Also, we can narrow it in and say within the NBA of late. So if you're coming at this from a place, it's very much real. and The books have given you your chance and you've met all these people and you have a different perspective on it. That's personally what I would like to see is, yeah, we'll, we'll go and speak to that and go and prove that. And it's honestly at that point where I do think you can say, okay, this is someone who is making a real tangible effort to show they've changed and to show they learned from their mistake, because if it's just a case of that's the stuff you say to get back in the room, to get back talking to teams, to get back in the NBA, and we're only going to hear basketball quotes from, I think that's going to be tough, and I, I think a lot of fans aren't going to find it easy to stomach. So it's not a not an easy situation. Uh, there's there's a lot going on, and a lot of people will have weighed in and shared their thoughts. I mean, the reporting is that the books have been hanging up for a year um that's a different matter entirely and one i do find a little surprising regardless of what the books feel about his journey it feels like in recent years they've just stayed away from any story like this it's just kind of it would nearly automatically be something that would disqualify someone where they go you know what we don't need the circus that could come with that we don't need extra reporters coming around to ask hey Yanis, what do you think about your new teammate whose history led to this so that its own is surprising. I've been on the record. I do think they need a big. I don't think this is necessarily just a token signing. If we're to look at him as a basketball player, I don't think he's necessarily the ideal fit I would have gone for, but it makes sense that John Horse would go for it. And I do think he was a decent player. Sure, he's on the kind of the edge of fighting to stay in the NBA, but I think he's... He was okay. Like, He's got he, a clear plus skill. His...
1: He's got two between he, size and shooting, sure. and that that you for know, sure. is an intriguing combo for anyone. I mean, those players are always going to have some interest, right?
3: And I guess the books have bought in on that in a big way, and I've been thinking about it for quite some time. That's great. We'll see what he can do in the court. I hope that's good, but I am honestly, very sincerely, more interested in what he does off the court. Because I, I actually think this is just generally an important test case. We don't have to dive too much into the Kyrie of it all. Um, but the idea of, oh, you know, statements of apology, then deleted Instagram posts and all of this kind of stuff. If we're going to have situations like this, people have to make this real. Like, uh, And I, I think from an NBA perspective, it'll be quite important, too. You can't enforce it, but... If we're going to show that, okay, people can make mistakes, but they can learn from it, and the NBA is an organization and the teams within are going to go out of their way to provide people with the tools. Because ultimately, I mean, what's more concerning here, and again, we saw it with the Kyrie stuff, it's not just what one individual, Myers Leonard, thinks. It's what Myers Leonard, as an NBA player, as someone with a platform, as someone who, in spite of the fact he's just Myers Leonard in an NBA sense, I guarantee you there was a whole lot more people tuned into the stream at the time when this happened than there would be otherwise. So it's the influence that someone like that has on the wider public. That is the concern. And he has a chance to use his influence now in a positive way if he really has learned the lessons. And if everything we've heard so far is true and sincere.
2: Um, it was certainly shocking to see for a variety of reasons. Um As Adam mentioned, I'm lifting this from Woj's article, the Bucks have been monitoring Leonard's progress for over a year and conducted a workout with him last month, presumably, the sources said, I'm interjecting, presumably around the time that the Lakers worked him out. Milwaukee had an open roster spot and wanted to bring in a big man with shooting ability and a playoff history. Um, Quote, end quote. Um, It's certainly surprising to see a... An organization like the Bucks, led by the Lazarus, who still are an owner of the team, um, Jewish, um, take a chance on him. That was kind of interesting and raised a lot of questions that way. Um, the reason why the Heat moved on from him, too, I believe the Arisons are Jewish as well. So that was part of the reason why they easily cut bait with him and all this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I we're all on the same page here. And, you know, I think it's very easy to make this about, it's clearly an issue that is not just related to sports. It was a mistake that he made on his, as Adam mentioned, on his own platform. It wasn't like someone gave him a mic to do it. He set it up. He was playing Call of Duty. He mentioned the word. And said a word that he didn't know what it meant, which a- I don't according know. About to you guys, him,
1: according, according to guys. According to him.
2: Go ahead, Jordan. I don't know about you guys. I don't say words that I don't know what mean. That were as
1: Especially <laughs> not like in that case. it's not like he said it as like he thought it was an adjective for fun. I mean clearly yeah. he was upset and he wanted to say something that was to some extent vile. I mean we all know
2: Yeah, you there get was some, in a video the, game you're gonna say most,
1: a bad thing on purpose. So I don't really yeah. buy that. Just had no idea. Like clearly you knew it was bad. And you shouldn't probably just throw around a word, oh, this is bad. But I don't know exactly how. Like that it's just clearly a terrible decision if that is the if that is the case at all. The
3: yeah. most charitable reading of it, if you take him at his word, is that he had the maturity of like an eight year old learning a curse word and just throwing it out there without any context for it. Yeah. Which isn't all that flattering either. And that is the best case, most charitable scenario for it. So yeah, I mean, people can come to their own conclusions on that. Yep,
2: yeah. Um, but as Adam mentioned, I mean, this is all about image rehabilitation. No one is going to care more about Myers Leonard playing basketball until now, and that's the god's honest truth. I mean, I know he was a productive NBA player for with the Blazers for a while and made the trade to the Heat, but as Adam mentioned. Spotlight has never been that bright on him. He was a, a solid role player, but now every – the moment that he walks into a game, people are going to watch what he does and see if you don't play well, then you kind of reinforce why you were, uh, you know, I guess exiled. for You served your – two years away from the NBA. And it's not like it's nothing, too, that he was out um, reading more details about the reason why he got surgery – suffered nerve damage from it on his ankle which i mean that's pretty terrifying Like that would obviously take you out for a while too so that's also another hurdle to overcome but like i don't know i the more and more like we just see these things happen more and more and you know you i am very willing to give second chances to people and you whether it's you're as a fan or it's just see a player on your favorite team, whatever the case may be. We went through this a couple of years ago during the title run with Rodion's Kuritz when he came to town and the P.J. Tucker trade. And it was, you just don't talk about him because, first of all, he wasn't really playing. And then they cut bay with him. And then second of all, the guy did despicable things. And you just don't want to root for a player like that. You don't even want to see him play. You know what I mean? And... With Myers letter, the like, books
3: picked up on that though. That's yes. that's the one thing that's striking about this. They picked up on public sentiment. He literally he had to come over for that deal to happen. Yeah, uh, they could have just cut ties with him immediately, and that would have been more palatable. But he was not someone who was trussed out into the limelight or was really going to be playing minutes. I feel like he might have played once in garbage time, and that was.
2: Yes, he played a couple of garbage time minutes. It was probably yeah. more than we remember, but it wasn't all that much. Um, yeah, I just like, I don't know, all the stuff about the things that he has done to you know, uh, make amends, learn his from his mistakes, all this stuff. I just can't help but have a cynical view at it. And it's like that stuff is the kind of stuff that you have to do when you're Myers Leonard. Versus Kyrie Irving doing like not to make it about that, but you know what I mean like that's that's what happens with the Myers letters of the World versus a guy that Kyrie Irving who will probably still be in demand some shape or form beyond this year.
1: If Kyrie um, did the stuff Myers did, there'd be people out here who wanted to give him like the Most Improved Player Award for his moral <laughs> upstanding change. Like, but you're right, Jordan. It is like that's the. That's the degrees. If, if yeah. on the flip side, Myers had just done what Kyrie had done, maybe he's not back in the league. Maybe he still is. Maybe a team like the Bucks just hopes enough time has passed that uh, half-assed apology is enough. It's hard to say. I was disappointed that their, their release didn't have any quote at all from Horst as they <laughs> sometimes do. It was just the stats, which you get, which for a normal 10-day, that's probably procedure. I'm sure they don't type up a quote every time they give somebody 10 days. I don't know. This is not a normal 10 day. I mean, I can
2: see. I wonder if I can. Yeah. I I mean, I felt like they would even not to just judge the team social because that's, it's what you just do as far as promotion and all that stuff now. But it would always feel like, Hey, we got welcome. Javin Deloria for, you know, his 10 day or Luke Cornette when you're filling in or whatever. It was just very like we signed Myers Leonard. And there it's like...
3: were never, well, it was you, Jordan, probably, wasn't it? Who thought maybe we got a horse to appearance, an explanation, and explanation. And I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, they know what this is. They're doing it for basketball reasons, but you can't just bypass the rest of it. I The one other thing too, uh, sorry, because I know you were going to weigh in, Ty. But the thing that I kind of, I can't quite shake is I feel very uncomfortable with this. I'm not Jewish. And I can't quite imagine if you're a Jewish fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, how you feel, and if you forgive that quite as easily. Um, that's going to come down to the individual, I guess, just like anything. But that's somewhat tricky and making the dynamic even more complicated. I mean, there was a lot of talk about it earlier in the year. Denny Avdias, is the only Jewish active player in the NBA right now. And as that, he has had the misfortune of having to address questions over multiple players related to anti-Semitic comments and kind of speak about how he feels about that. Like, all of that is very messy, but it does to some extent feel like this is this is more pervasive. And it is it's players are getting away with it or it's carrying on through the NBA in a way which is very, very troubling Maybe in part because Jewish players are maybe the ultimate minority in the league from a numbers perspective. That is that is something where I can't imagine if I was Jewish and this was my team, am I quite as forgiving? Not that we're even particularly forgiving in the first place, which I think says its its own thing. I that's that's something that I, I just I think it's a, a dynamic that everyone kind of reacts to it as this objective thing. And I don't know, maybe that's on me. Maybe I've missed that and I could seek out more of that. But I haven't heard a whole lot of, okay, Mars leonard is back. What is the Jewish perspective on that? Like, And at the same time, I feel like it's very unfair if next week Denny Avdi is going to be playing games and reporters are going to be going up to him and asking about a player on a completely different team with nothing to do with him being like, hey, this guy said some stuff that's very harmful about your religion. Uh, How do you feel that he's back? Like, that's not the solution either, which is really boiling back to why I would like to see if Mars Island is for real on this, take ownership. Like, this is your chance to come out and say what you've learned and show us. Like, I, I will be the first person to say, okay, he did more than the bare minimum. And for that, that might help to start some wave of change I would rather if these situations just never cropped up again, but it seems like a pretty grim reality of the NBA at the moment that they're happening and they're happening somewhat regularly.
1: Bucks Wizards in 12 days.
3: Oh, so great. We'll if he gets see. In the if, second 10 yeah, days, we'll have yeah,
1: whole Denny overlap, we'll will certainly overlap. be asked in in Washington. The only other thing I was going to say is and and you guys touched on it too and I think we can move on soon because this is a 10-day contract, maybe a player that we see play once, twice and that's it. Maybe more. We'll see. I, I'm not against second chances. I don't think anyone's tr- against all second chances. But you just would like to see, you know, I, I, like there's this idea that you know, like people who are quote unquote canceled can't just like go somewhere and be apart from society forever. At some point, there has to be some sort of reintegration, like apology, you know, re- like true redemption, like actually making amends and self-reflection and improving. And that has to exist. And this there's an opportunity here that this could be a, a nice example of that around the NBA and the world. But if it is just mostly ignored, and so far from the Bucks press release side, seems like that may be what is going to happen from the org at least, that's disappointing and it just feels like coming up short and not, not quite doing enough to, to work toward that end. And I, I think it'll be really interesting and probably ultimately disheartening – to see what what happens and how the org does seem to address it. Obviously, Bud is going to have to talk. That's going to be a disaster because he's just going to say nothing. He's going to say nothing. Yeah. Yeah, which is I, I don't think truly it should be on Bud to it's say. It's also not his responsibility it. No, for yeah, sure. It I
3: mean, he he didn't say it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure he was told that we're going to sign him. Sign him. Is that something you're interested in? But but also, isn't the president of Bosco operations or the GM? So. Yeah. The inner works of that, I don't know. I mean, as for the second chance, you're right, Ty, but I think a second chance, one, has to be earned. Yeah. And two, you've, you've got to make it count. Like, Agreed. You can't just get second chances for nothing, and that's when people come with that. As for people being canceled, it's not a thing. Uh, yeah, like, I certainly agree with that, too. It's not It's not real. It's not real. In one form or another, people can come back and they can find a new, a new audience, a new hub. Mars just getting a second chance in the NBA. That seems like a pretty unlikely place as a kind of fringe-ish talent to get a chance, but he is. So my challenge to Mars is Leonard is make it count. Like really own what you did and show how you've changed and share what you think others could benefit from learning.
1: He had a 30-piece in the playoffs in 2019. I had to look up his playoff stats after that that comment from Woj. He also played two finals games after sitting out most of Miami's run uh, and shot the ball well. That's what he does, shoots the ball well. Um, we'll see on court I think it makes sense he's not a guy who I would expect to play in any big games I mean he's just defensively obviously a huge liability but you can see some fit there it's presumably I mean I think especially in lineups with Giannis is what would make the most sense for for Leonard because we know Giannis can cover for deficiencies at the five and the shooting helps him but who knows how much those two will overlap at all go ahead Jordan
2: uh, one more point. Yeah, and not to belabor anything because I know people will probably get too up by it, and I don't really care. Yeah, um, we can have our feelings on it. We, you know, we certainly demand some answers or insights on what it is. Besides, you know, two lines in a Woj article of why the Bucks did what they did. Um, but ultimately, the people that are going to care about having Myers Leonard with them are the players themselves. And we talked about the Bucks players and how, you know, Chris said a couple of years ago, they have a no assholes policy. They're very gregarious, um, tight knit. That is clearly the case. What are they going to feel like when having someone come in this again, because He has missed two years, essentially two years of his playing career um, because of this, in large part because of this. Anybody could say that could pull a shams and just say it's because of uh, his ankle and healing and all that stuff. It's like, no, there's a bigger reason why. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the players, if they comment on it at all, I'm sure they'll be asked, but how they feel about having someone like that in the locker room. because that will have could make the impact between he signs a couple, 10 days versus we might have Myers Leonard for the rest of the year. Um, So I think that'll be a very interesting kind of angle to all this um, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I think, you know how, what he's selling is bought by the team is going to make a a huge deal. Um, Any other thoughts on Myers Leonard or should we look ahead to, the rest of the season we'll
3: we'll move on the one thing i'll say on that is i i don't expect any books player to really say or do anything yeah again they've been put in this position like that's a it's a very weird position i'm not saying i wouldn't like someone to just come out and speak honestly and hopefully if they do have a problem and they feel that way i just i don't see that coming this is a position they've been put in by the org by management who decided this is the best solution for the roster We'll see. Uh, a bit, maybe as bigger part of this is like, what is Giannis' injury like? Is Bobby back? How much are we going to see him? How much are we going to be talking about him? Is the other part of this? This yeah. could be a busy ten days from. And or that I could mean, factor in in some other ways.
1: If we're right about Bobby and potentially Crowder being back pretty soon, we could we could not see him at all. I mean, we've seen yeah, ten days. It's very true. We've seen. Te- I mean, I could see him in Oshkosh. We've seen ten days. Jeff Doughton spend more time with the herd than Bucks. I mean. I wouldn't expect that for you know a veteran like like Leonard, but you just never know. It's just hard to say, and I think bringing him in now. Eric Name noted on Twitter when asked, you know they had to sign him today, not for the roster reasons, but to get him in for a practice today. So it could be a practice body as as much as anything too. So we just don't know. We'll
3: see. Can we can we just go around and on good call? Like my my good is that he is going to be there for the rest of the season.
2: Oh,
1: I
3: don't,
2: I don't think so. Them. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. The, to my... The reason why, and maybe Adam thinks this as well, if you're going to the lengths of deciding him to begin with, even on a 10-day contract, I don't think you do that without being like, we're going to keep you around, unless if you really just screw up in a way that it's going to nuke the rest of your career.
3: If he's a practice body, or he's going to sit on the end of the bench... You don't risk the PR blowback, even. You just sign a guy from the herd, and everyone's happy. Nothing comes out of it. The fact that they're watching him for a year, they worked him out a month ago. And in spite of everything they're they're watching, they're watching hundreds
1: of guys for a year, though.
3: But they're watching this particular guy with what he's got going on off the court. That's different than just watching all the other guys that, through their scouting network, they'd come across watching Myers Leonard a year ago that is a choice like that's undoubtedly a choice you're making so i don't think you do all that i mean he could be terrible and they could yeah, just decide I mean, that's, yeah that's, that's hey, we don't too. want we don't want this guy i mean he hasn't played for a long period of time he could just not be an nba player maybe that factors into it but i think if he's borderline even close to what he was before all of this happened, I think he's a book for the remainder of the season.
1: I, I don't think they think they need a big when they're healthy. And I think – and I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm optimistic about Bobby. But in the if there's a chance that Bobby could be out for a couple of games and Giannis, a you know, bigger chance he could be out for a couple of games, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they pivoted from this 10-day to a guard 10-day a little bit later once they get Giannis and Bobby healthy or at least one of them pretty healthy. I think that's what they think they need more. So that's why that and, the again, there's the percent chance that, you know, there's been a lot of people on Buck's Twitter very agitated about this. And we saw, like you guys mentioned, Karuk's earlier. That took a little while, but he did end up getting cut. Maybe the ongoing PR storm, if it does exist, we'll see how that carries on. Factors. Um, And just, I I don't know, team makeup-wise and skill-wise, I just think there's a lot – I think there's less chance – it's less likely he stays the year than he goes after the ten day.
2: I think the difference. I, we pro, we were talking about this privately, obviously, because you know it's a, it's a roster move, and they had to make it before the what was it the twenty eighth Thursday like or weeks. Friday? One of the two. Yeah. I'm not, not sure exactly which. And I think at the time I said something like comparing that quote of so they, you know, prioritizing the shooting big man, blah blah blah. They made something similar when they made the signing for DeMarcus Cousins, who they eventually moved on. But two ten days versus, what was it, Did, like six weeks? And, of course, during Omicron and all these COVID absences and all this stuff, they're like they were really under the gun of, like, this is the difference between having a guy that is a healthy body for the rest of the year and helping you win games versus Myers-Leonard We're going to give you an opportunity to just be in the NBA. And if you don't do what Serge Ibaka did, did. you know what I mean? Like that is really ultimately what they want. As To your point of like they feel like they are well stocked beyond just having Myers Leonard be out there and, you know, maybe seeing the floor every other game or whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah, I think he definitely doesn't play every night when they're fully healthy, if they do keep him. And this is a good way to segue into what we've talked about a lot recently, is when this team is fully healthy, it's a stacked rotation. I mean, there's going to be guys a lot more difficult than Myers Leonard to determine if they're going to play every night. And we know from the big perspective, Yadis is going to play a lot because best player in the world thing. Brook Lopez is not going to play a lot in every series, but is always going to start and is always going to play at least 20 minutes. Bobby Portis is going to play a lot and it tends to go, if Brooke doesn't play as much, Bobby plays more or vice versa. You just run out of center minutes quickly. And then at the four, of course, we can go down a long list now. Again, when healthy, Chris Middleton, now Jay Crowder, Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, maybe fading a little bit. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, uh Grayson Allen who can size up a bit. I think I'm forgetting someone too right now. Marjone. Bobby Bobby will play.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't think Marjon's gonna factor in too much. I think back to backs. That's when we're gonna see Marjon the rest of the year is the second night or maybe first night of some back to backs. But again, the the healthy bucks rotation, and then obviously at guard you have Drew Holiday and, and Javon Carter there. Um there's just there's too many guys to play every night as is. So I think even if we do see Leonard all year, he's still not going to play most nights. It is going to be that reserve big. Either I mean, I don't even know foul trouble would be the situation for him because he's so different it's, than what they get I out of even intrigued. Ibaka. Like,
3: yeah, like it, that's and that's part of why I would like a big on this roster aside from my advertised. You know, love the big and always having more big guys on the books roster. Uh, I don't know if this was exactly what I was looking for in this instance. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can't blame you for this one.
3: But
2: yeah, we
1: we gotta do the Larry David. Don't you David, put like... that
3: on me? Don't you put that on me? <laughs> um, I just think if Brooke misses one week, two weeks, if you like disaster strikes, and you have Brooke and Bobby get minor injuries at the yeah. same time, like. It's not unusual to just have one extra guy there for depth for that purpose. It doesn't have to be this is someone where their minutes, like where they fit in night to night. But it's okay. If disaster strikes and we're in the playoffs, like Mars Leonard is not to say even grace, but having a big there and being like, okay, well, that guy is an NBA big. We're not going to necessarily go and prioritize that as the starting guy who's going to play 35 minutes because Brooks out or Bobby's out. But it might be, okay, there are some minutes there depending on your matchup. I think that's why I was looking for them to add some size. And honestly, I think that's maybe why Serge Ibaka was on the roster to begin with and why they may be following suit with that again and being like, yes, we do want to replace Serge with another big. So he, he may not play. He probably will this week because of the situation when he's coming in. But I think he could not play for a long time because of the strength of the book's depth but it's really just that okay we're not going to be stung because brooke misses a game or two here or there and bobby misses a game or two here or there of course you're not going to have a replacement that's up to that caliber but they want to have someone who can take some minutes who can basically compete physically at that kind of position that's the only reason to have had surge and i think it's the only reason why it's myers leonard or if they don't like what they see there, why they may go looking at some other options at that spot again.
1: I wonder if Hibbs' is pariah status almost plays into him as a fit here, because the difficult thing about that need for the Bucks is it's really hard, as we saw how surge played out, to sell actual NBA players on that role, which is really not a role, right? I it's think... like it's a you're a, you're a break glass of in case of emergency player. Good, good NBA players don't want to sign up for that. I mean, it's the same reason that everyone wanted Reggie Jackson and John Wall and Patrick Beverly. And it's the same deal of like, you know, we're pretty set. I mean, you're not going to play every night. Do you, if you want to come sit on the bench and just stay ready and potentially get a ring, that's fine. But, you know, don't don't plan to play 20 or probably even 10 minutes a night. You know, people throw out all these shiny names I want the Bucks to add to this group. It's like they're not going to play. There's not, there's not anyone available who's going to slide in. You know, I'm not I'm not justifying or whatever the Leonard thing, but I do think that could make it no. Make I get more the, sense. I get your point.
2: Uh, I think it's 100 in play because I mean, we were talk- we even talked about it after trade deadline, and I mean, obviously the buy up market had some pretty big names. That you know, you never know who else might get bought out or whatever happens. But like we talked about then, where it's like there's no th- those names, even when Kevin Love got bought out, who's easily the most talented player to get bought out so far it's like yeah having Kevin Love is nice he wants to play yeah that's the whole reason why he's leaving Cleveland and going to Miami and you know you kind of just have to live with the fact that the Bucks have done a lot of sound moves before that and yes injury has struck them at times this year but for the most part they're still healthy and they're you know knocking wood that will still be uh, the case so yeah that I think that is for sure of like well, we don't really have minutes for you, but you want to come back in the NBA so bad yeah. that we'll offer you a role on a team that doesn't you can't really play. Yeah. When when healthy.
1: Right, right. And I think the other thing it's not that we're saying the Bucks have no interest in any of these buyout guys. I'm sure they would love to be like, yeah, yeah. Reggie Jackson, come be our fifth guard. The pitch just isn't good. You're not going to lie to these guys. That's how you get it. And I'm not saying they lied to Serge Ibaka, but that's how you get that situation where a player is like, I don't – can you buy me out? Can I go somewhere else? Because I would like to play games and I'm just not doing that. So, um,
3: Yeah. I mean there's one one thing that always gets overlooked with buyout guys are guys who just find themselves out of the league at this point in the year and maybe they're young enough to get back and feel like, okay, I want to keep making money. Like, yes, there's the choice to go to a contender and chase the ring. The other one is what we've seen Pat Beverly do, which makes a lot of sense, which is, I feel like I'm still good. I feel like I've still got time in the NBA. I'm going to the Bulls because I'm going to play, and I want to show that I'm still good and get my next contract in the offseason.
1: And make a little more. I think Love and Beverly both went to teams with with MLEs left, some of their MLEs, so they could pay more. The Bucks don't. They, They used it on Ingles, so they just have their vet men, which is also a factor for these premium guys. And, like, Reggie Jackson, I think, was one of the better names, like... He's now Denver's backup point guard because they, they sent away Bones Highland. So the role matters as much as anything for, for these guys. So it made sense that the Bucks would get none of the premier guys and then Myers Leonard, who wasn't on anyone's radar for obvious reasons, but is a guy who is just, as you said, Jordan, trying to get back in the league and you know probably can't be all that
2: picky with where he goes. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah.
3: You're at the league, you're at the league. You'll take your opportunity. Uh, that I will say. I've said it before, I wanted Derek Favors, and I still want yeah. Derek Favors. He doesn't fit the shooting profile, and maybe Horst is just so wed to that now with his big guys, which yeah. I guess the books yeah. have entirely evolved into that, but he's only 31 years old. Like He kind of perfectly fits aging into a backup veteran. He's a really solid guy who plays good defense, will rebound, kind of will move the ball offensively, and is just smart. That, to me, is the perfect okay, imagine everything went wrong and you need to get 10 minutes out of Derek Favors in a game. You're like, okay, and this is a guy who's a good NBA player until pretty recently and would be the seamless locker room fit and there wouldn't be all these questions and concerns. That's where I would have gone with this. It's interesting, I think, in its own right, just the profile yeah. as a player that maybe the books really are now so just invested in, well, our bigs are shooters, and that's you know, it. There's you no know room for a non-shooting big.
1: You know whose fault it is? go on Yorgos Papianis. Greece's spacing I'm not even kidding Greece's spacing at Eurobasket was so bad even Apex MVP yeah. Giannis they just had a lot of problems when those two played together and Papianas is like a good NBA center but I'm not surprised that the rumors of him to the Bucks dis- dis- uh, dissipated and I'm not all mm-hmm. that shocked that they only want shooting bigs now because it's just really hard also you could kind of say like you know, Brook has been a better shooter this year, always kind of a tenuous shooter. Bobby's shooting has kind of fallen apart this season, as great of a year as he's had. So really, I mean, I think I, I like favors too, and I'm a little surprised they didn't go with a more defensive inclined big. But I kind of think they're looking at this and going, if this is Brook insurance or Bobby insurance, it doesn't help us that much if the guy doesn't shoot and we don't really want to play him with Giannis and take that much away from our offense, even if clearly the defense is better than what Myers Leonard can give you. Mm-hmm. it also is going to make whenever they do have to replace brook it just gets harder and harder because as we talked rohan and I, I think talked about in our last pod there's like three guys in the league who have anything close to his so skill set yeah
3: and every year it gets tougher because they don't have salary to do it yeah which is why every year the draft comes around and if the books have a draft pick which is another issue i'm like <laughs> okay let's just try and find brook like, you're probably not going to, but it might be that the books do have to look that way in terms of... There's another
1: Walker Kessler around? But that's just the thing. With the non-shooting, that's I don't, that don't that think I wanted, that would I, I liked him, too, and he looks like a great pro, but it yeah. it would have been... It's a really
2: tough fit if you just don't well, shoot at all. I I probably have said this a million different ways at this point, too. But, like, when we have talked about, like, the next book or, like, the... Because they've it's, This goes back to, what... Horse or horse buds, I guess it was second year. What they it was more, it was reinforced when they went after Rolo, a guy that was not oh, so in those shooting threes. We're not getting KD, no KD, oh, okay, from
1: Shams just now. They're targeting his son's debut Wednesday's road game against the Hornets, so that would be obviously after. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the Suns Bucks matchup early in the day is going to be probably no Giannis
2: and no KD, which is Stay a bummer. sleeping Phoenix market. Stay yeah. sleeping,
3: fine by me. The Bucks probably win, keep the run going, rest Giannis up. Like that's that's a good outcome.
1: This, that's not an easy game. Listen,
3: but, yeah. Ty, we'll see. We'll see them in the finals. We'll get Giannis and KD in the finals. Ah, I don't know about that. I'm just trying to. Promise Giannis KD in a much more fun way than a Sunday. Sabonis Giannis is going to be
1: the finals, baby. Everyone's <laughs> sleeping on my Kings. I don't believe uh,
3: do, people, do you people know about your Kings history?
1: No, because, I mean, I blogged about the Kings. You bury for like it?
3: Year.
1: Is it? I mean, it just doesn't really come up much. This I ran a
3: Kings website, which yeah. is honestly pretty miserable stuff. I mean, yeah. I've, I've done some stuff. I was a Kings. I was on a Kings beat briefly, uh, but I did not run a Kings website. So. Demarcus You're Cousins, Kings. man.
1: <laughs> Forever <laughs> linked. So, uh, one last thing. I guess just the outlook for the season. And, and, I'm uh, sorry, Jordan. I forgot. I cut you off with the KD bomb.
2: Honestly, I have already forgotten. Yeah, I did too. So, that's, <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, there was, it was more knowing that KD's not going to play on Sunday. It was more, uh, better <laughs> than whatever the hell I was going to say. No, anyway. no, I don't think so. But the last, the last thing I have in mind
1: is just like, how excited are you guys to see Crowder? Because I think I'm actually getting like very excited. And the more I see the workouts and hear quotes, or and you know, Jimbo, Jimbo wet wet. I mean, that's certainly exciting to hear in any circumstance. But <laughs> I do feel like he's going to be a great fit, and I'm really high on the Crowder Bucks, honestly.
3: Jordan, go on, you take it. Oh, okay. It seems like you're um, really excited. So that's <laughs> why I was giving it to you first. I'm
2: very excited. Jimbo Wet Wet. That's my uh new album coming out of
3: <laughs> <Campbell>. <laughs> Find your autobiography?
2: Uh, yes. It <laughs> should be Jay Crowder's title of his autobiography. No, I, I'm very excited. Um it obviously the Bucks they've won their what last 12 games i know it's been a week since we've seen them actually play but like now that they have come together they have withered or weathered not withered thankfully not withered this time that was december yes they have weathered the withered period um and now that they're becoming whole again they're getting regaining their powers they're becoming like the hawks where they're targeting being top 10 in offense and defense <laughs> um having a guy that just gives like a defensive edge has just been kind of missing and that's yeah. obviously clear and it goes back to the pj decision but it, it doesn't uh, they've west has done an admirable job and we all can say that's good but you still need something greater the fact that Jay Crowder obviously is on this team gives them three-point shooting defensive edge. Um, also, I really think the time off has helped them a lot. Like we, they even mentioned, I think even because the last couple of games have been on TNT and stuff like that. Of, you know, Jay Crowder has played more playoff minutes than anybody over the last three years or whatever, and yeah. he's played on teams that are obviously going long playoff runs. He's been to two finals in the last three years. Um, on top of that. He's a guy that's played heavy minutes wherever he's pretty much gone. It's so um, usually and been a starter. Yeah, usually a starter. Like, he's not like your star, obviously, but he's always a nice plug and play fifth guy that just rounds out everything. Having that time off is huge. Like, I know we cut that was a big thing with PJ and not to just keep constantly comparing that, but it really is it, unavoidable. It I really mean, there's, is. There's a lot yeah. of parallels. When they got PJ, and at the time, it's like, okay, you on top of just playing so much basketball in this condensed period, he was dealing with, like, ankle injuries, uh, I think even, like, a shin injury or leg injury, whatever, and it's, like, taking that time of, like, okay, you came from the Rockets literally doing everything. You were their defense by the end of your time there. Um, You're going to take a couple games off. You're clearly not right. Just maintaining his health, health maintenance, load management. I know it's buzzwords that bring out the best of people <laughs> but it's like in in the case of someone that played so many minutes and does a lot of hard work playing defense against guys that you know like to ridicule <laughs> you're playing against the best scorers in league i think that is an underrated kind of thing of like just taking that time off and i know it's not ideal circumstances if he had his way he would probably still be on the phoenix suns if they didn't trade for kevin durant um I don't know I just think that for where he's at in his career I I, I kind of think that's a big win for where the bucks are now too especially as they recharge and load up for the last couple of months of the season
3: can I be honest yeah I don't think it's the best answer for like for like podcast content to get um... people I'm, no no this that's not what I'm doing Jordan uh I'm not I'm not that excited uh, no. it's, I'm not pouring kind of Cold water on this and being like, I think Jay Crowder is bad and will be bad for the book Jimbo
1: What's dry, that? dry answer from Adam here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that at all. I think there's a few elements where, one, the books having won 12 in a row doesn't have me quite as excited about this as I would have felt just before that when they desperately needed something. So... It's going to be a great bonus. It's going to make them better, but the urgency isn't there. Where I feel like, okay, this is this has to happen now. This has to save the season. They have to flip the switch. I'm gonna. The one thing I'm gonna caution with is the flip side of really Jordan's point. This is a, it's a long time off. It's a really long time off, and I, I don't know if this will be quite as immediate that the version of Jay Crowder we're going to see is going to be the version of Jay Crowder we want to see. And to do what Jordan also did and to make the unavoidable comparisons, that's fine. Because the version of PJ, one, we didn't see him right away. The books marched to be their own drum on that for the better. But it really was the playoffs by the time. It was like, oh, OK, there's PJ Tucker. Yeah. And you know what? That's that's all it needs to be. So with the prospect of, oh, we could be, you know, a couple of days away from seeing Jake Crowder. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll watch. But it's it's not something where I'm, like, really, really excited about because I do think this is not a move that's going to necessarily make a, a showy instant impact, um, but I it's really all about am I going to be excited about it come April, May, June? Yes, I hope so. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. So it's just taking it in stride for now, but hoping that we're going to be looking back on it as a really big deal once the playoffs come around.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm in the zone of really, everyone knows I love Wes. I, I, I didn't coin the term, but I applied the term zippy to him on a playback two years ago. And every time he makes a shot now, I say it.
3: It's a true point forward situation you've got going Zippy, on, zippy, right? zippy wet. Yeah,
1: but but the problem, though, is it's too often zippy, zippy, dry, dry. And I
3: think <laughs> oh, like a bigger... we to kill this right bigger, now. No, on this, this, episode. Is,
1: this is the rest of the season.
3: A, dry dry has got to go. I mean, a bigger Wes West Matthews. Great. Dry dry is supposed to go.
1: A bigger West Matthews who scores more consistently, I think, is a big deal. As much as you love West, the size is a factor, and there's yes. just there's a PJ's nature with some games. He's just not going to score. And I think in the playoffs, I think I felt like he dug deep and was given as much offense as he probably could. It still wasn't that much. And as I've talked about with Rohan a bunch. Crowder's, like, on average in the playoffs, scores more than Grayson Allen, despite being a worse shooter, because he just, he's involved. He's going to give you some more offensive production. I think that, I I can't wait to see how that levels out versus, you know, PJ, better rebounder, probably a better defender. But clearly, we know he just wasn't doing all that much in terms of actual scoring himself. Crowder's going to do more. So I'm excited to see, like, what that levels out to. And I think it could give us the most dynamic playoff bucks we've seen, which is really exciting. The other guy I thought about, Crowder in relation to over these 12 games or whenever since they added him. Joe Ingles, who really like what he does offensively. think he's going to play in every series, maybe not every game. He plays late in some of these games, especially like the Clippers, the Celtics, and we've seen teams are just like, we're going to get that guy on the switch and we're going to go after him. He's confident that he can get back to being good in those situations. I I applaud him. I hope we see it. So far, we have not seen it. And I think having Crowder, you know, really him and and Grayson, who I think we all agree is held up better. We haven't seen him in this, you know, real huge game against the Jays yet or whatever other team you want to say. I think in the Boston game, he played well against Derek White. That's a whole different animal. But the him too, potentially, like just being able to say, okay, you're finding angles, you're finding Grayson, you're getting a lot of joy there. Now we're just not going to play him, and we have Crowder. We can sub in West, even if Javon is too small. Like we just have more options now, and I think that alone is exciting. That's not even Crowder specific, but just being able to make those tough decisions without, you know, saying we need three guys to play forty-eight minutes, or you know, we need to rely on a player who's just not going to score at all. That's really comforting in itself, too.
2: Yeah, that's certainly Crowder adjacent too. Yeah, that. To go back to the Bobby of like he didn't play in the Nets series and how much you know that we put, put can him in celebrate a that spot. now and it's like you know at the time or now we could be like yo know, what a uh, quintessential role player you you know you buy into your role at the time I'm sure he's like do you see who they're playing and I'm not playing you know I'd be like that kind of thing yeah so like I think that is easy it's not as big of a thing now but like. Because they have so many options, um, that will certainly affect how, you know, Ingalls. There's definitely going to be series where he's not a suitable option or his minutes are going to be lower. As much as you want to have so much ball handling on the floor at all times, you know, defensively, it's, it, it, nothing's really changed post injury. And obviously, so it's, you know, it's asking a lot of him to, to become something that he wasn't to begin with. But, this gives you a little bit more cover. And even Wes, like I, just because of the crowd now, I don't think Wes is gone from the rotation. I Agreed. do think, I think we see him certainly not as often, but you know, but it, but it trusts Wes. And that yep. is all that you need to see playoff bonus.
3: I remain, I think, higher on Joe Ingles than everyone in part because. I just really believe the books are fully aware of the kind of the push-pull factors and they're prepared to lean into them. And that's when you put them out there late in the game. I think particularly because you look at recent results of some of the games where it's happened, the books are still winning. It's not always easy. It's not always pretty. But they're, they're backing. When he's out there, he can help them to supercharge their offense. And the games where they go that route, it's a case of, OK, we think that if we get that extra little bit of a push offensively, we're going to win this no matter what. There might be some ugly possessions, but at the end of the day, we've got Drew, we've got Giannis, we've got Brook. We're going to get our share of what we need defensively, and we're going to bet on getting that little bit more offensively, which, as we all know too well, has been something which is just completely lacking from the books. The books had no option to give them a chance to be like, oh, you know what, let's try it out-offense the opponent. It hasn't yeah. been how they could do things. So... I think that's really valuable. I'm not concerned about the times where it doesn't look great because I do think Ingalls is the kind of as advertised competitor where he's game and he will get away with it on some possessions. And when he doesn't, the question is going to be, well, does he help the ball to move well enough? Does he create well enough on the other end that it outweighs that? And honestly, just looking at the numbers and look at the books results so far, the answer is yes, like he's making the better players, the most important players around him even better. And he's spurring the books on what Crowder does. And I think this is to your point, Ty, the key details, it's the options. So they now have that option with Ingalls, which they really haven't had in recent years. And you've got Wes as, as an option for a defensive type, a PJ Tucker type, we could say. Now you've got Crowder who's doing that, but with more size, with a little bit more offense as well. And all of a sudden you start to have a scale where you can look at things a little bit more situationally. It's what does this matchup call for, but also who's got it. And by the time we yeah. get to the playoffs, like if Joe Ingalls mm-hmm. is shooting the lights out, well then you'll be like, you know what we go, Joe Ingalls, we're going to give up some points, but we've got this working in our favor. If Jay Crowder is absolutely in peak form, and he's locked in. You're going to go to him. Likewise, at West, like, These are options and they're good options. We've talked in the past, oh yeah, the books could do this or this guy could get minutes. It's never been like this. We're never talking about this caliber of players who are as skilled in their particular kind of area as what they have right now. So I think that's, if you want to get me beyond the single player and whether I'm excited or not about Jay Crowder, I'm excited about the books having options and seeing them hopefully work out between now and the end of the regular season how they like to integrate them, when is the best time, when is the best spot for which player, and getting to a place where, you know, what there's a, I was going to say unpredictable, but I'll say random <laughs> elements that they can bring to things in the postseason in a way where it's not just like, what is that guy out there for? We could be like, okay, they have put Joe Ingles out there late in this close game. Well, that means this is how they're trying to win the game. Yeah, And I think there can be a clear enough vision with all three of those guys, and more. Like, we know what Pat offers and his solidity, how Bud likes to kind of lean on Pat, and we also know how Pat has consistently stood up and performed in the postseason, too. Um, But uh, there are things that, to me, are interesting and exciting that the books haven't had at their disposal before. Um, If we want to say they've had a Jay Crowder type, they haven't had exactly that. If we want to say they've had a Wes Matthews, kind of, whether it's Pete West matches or anyone else, they haven't had all of these pieces together. So that's the thing that I guess I'm going to be watching quite closely as we edge towards the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I'm just really excited. I can't wait to see the full team, which we just have not, I mean, even not counting Crowder, we saw for like, what, like a quarter or so since Chris has come back the second time when Bobby got hurt again. And now, yeah. obviously, Crowder's a whole new factor. We haven't seen him clearly. But just want to see what this looks like at all and what the early rotation returns are. I mean, it's not going to be written in stone at, at any point. I think Adam, you make a good point that it's going to change and evolve. And I think there will be some on matchups and some on, okay, Crowder's shooting 40% right now. Let's ride it until it turns to 3%. And you know we're going to be kind of unstoppable in the games where he is shooting a high percentage with what he does give you defensively as well. Um, and the other, the last thing I'll say on Crowder, I, I always hear, you know, got to be careful. He's the kind of guy who can shoot 7% from a series. Like, oh, like every Milwaukee Bucks role player ever, except for Pat Connaughton. Like, <laughs> we were born in the darkness. Sure. We're very used to this. The Bucks have won a lot of playoff series with, oh my God, can you believe blank player? Bryn Forbes is, you know, minus 800 in this series? Like, yeah, I can. I've seen it. I've seen it all. So, not too the, worried. The one. The yeah.
3: one other thing on Crowder is obviously this is not something we're really gonna get to hear the nitty gritty of or get to see from the outside. But he's really gone up against the books with his last two teams and some of the in the highest and the lowest points of the past few years for the books. And nobody has a better kind of read on what's it like the game plan for this version of the books? And I mean truly this version of the books. Not not a team before that. So, from the success he had with the Heat, books have evolved since then, but there are still elements of that that can kind of get them unstuck at any given moment, to then what the Suns were doing and how the Suns were game planning for the books before the books ultimately came and blew them away. That's valuable, too. And I, I think that perspective, that voice in the room, and from what I know of Jay Crowder, he will be a voice in the room, he won't be shy. That's useful. Um, and I even think like with someone like Giannis, Giannis is going to appreciate that. He's gone to battle with Jay Crowder, really for many, many years now. Going back to when Crowder was with the Celtics, before the Celtics became a really relevant force, I think. I feel like Crowder was gone he was, the year before the book's Celtics playoff He was series. in the Rondo trade. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um. But the books have seen no shortage of Jay Crowder over the years. And... That's gonna be interesting to kind of get into the mix, guys. Into the locker room too.
2: Um, one small interjection. I believe it was uh as we're recording today. Today is ESPN Daily. Um I think it was Brian Windhorst. I'm relaying information that I have not actually listened to, so I guess I'm pulling on Myers Leonard. Um but uh Yeesh. uh in terms of saying something that mute yeah, is Mike
3: thy mute is Mike. Cut, Sorry.
2: The Cut the feed. Um Brian Windhorst mentioned that the Suns were going to do the deal with the Bucks for second round picks, salary filler, blah 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 blah. And the Nets demanded Jay Crowder to be in the Kevin Durant trade. Which is interesting outside of just
1: I wonder, did they not want to take back the other salary they would have had to take back? Would be my guess, because he's expiring, and they know they know the Bucks want him. I mean, are they?
2: Yeah, I think it like, was just basically like, Landry, oh, just another way to get more money out of or picks out of.
1: Well, people, that, and whatever. if they took, if they if they had to take back salary, and they took back someone on like a longer contract, they probably didn't want to go beyond this year, and they knew, like, they know the Bucks will send over some picks, and we can find someone. It ended up being Indiana to take the stuff. So I feel like they were just like, you know, we have enough young guys. We're adding two more. We don't need a multi-year contract here. Like let's let us do this Crowder deal. And then we can just, you know, take the picks and and run. I thought they kind of overpaid for their salary dumps, considering Indiana's keeping two of those players, really good business by Indiana to take three picks. I think three of the five to take Hill and, um, Wara. but whatever, Brooklyn has made a lot of bad decisions as, you uh <laughs> you find so oh, good. Get Jordan. started. I know, I know. Oh,
2: get him started. I said my piece. Yeah.
1: Well, alright. Um we have no tweet of the week. Is that correct, Jordan?
2: No, uh, you know, it's also a break for players and coaches. So uh Mike Dunlap, I hope you enjoyed your your uh your time off.
3: I'm sure he's on vacation somewhere. Yeah. I mean maybe he took his wife away somewhere, he tweets about his wife a lot, so maybe it's time to put the phone away, get on vacation. You, you know, it's that's also right you is the hell.
2: perfect time to not be judged. And that's, yeah. you know, just put down your gavels, everybody. Put who who take a break? Yes, exactly. Um,
1: exactly. Do you think anyone liked Giannis's Mark Davis comment more than Coach Mike Dunlap, knowing how he feels about officiating? I feel like he must have watched that and been like, hell yeah. I'm on board with this. Do you guys know what I'm talking about or did you miss
3: I do. I, uh, I know, but he's he's been offline like the laps. So that's he true.
2: He'll he'll see
1: he it in a couple days.
3: It. Jordan, do you know the Richard Jefferson?
2: I saw yeah, I saw it uh a pet in passing to watch the celebrity game live. No last no, ring, no live for me.
3: Giannis is well, at, uh, we've moved on from the days where Jordan used to live tweet and recap <laughs> the celebrity game at All Star <laughs> Weekend.
2: Content baby Got it going up
1: somehow. Giannis is falling out of the next Mark Davis game, right? Like, can we monitor this?
2: I'm a little concerned about that aspect of it, but oh well. Let's, Might let's be get biggest, it out of the way. Fast. Biggest impact for game. this playoff run coming up. We're going to be looking at every Mark Davis uh, <laughs> ref Bucks game be like. Well, oh, thankfully, man. thankfully, Bucks Twitter isn't
1: one to engage in conspiracy theories, so I'm, I'm sure we'll be. Not fine. at all. <laughs> Or any other sports team Twitter. Okay, I think – do we have anything else or is that is that it? I think that's it. Sign up, up. Sign up if you want to attend. If you plan to attend the GSPN yes. live show, uh, April 4th, correct? Tuesday, Tuesday April, 4th, April 4th, 6 p.m. And enter April Somewhere
3: in Milwaukee. That's all we can tell you. Right April
1: 4th. Now. And this is the last week to enter for the Bobby Portis autographed jersey. Find all those links to gspn.info. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry Jordan, I just couldn't let you cook this one time. I'd wrap it up this damn podcast. We've been all over the place. Um, Adam knows I don't usually do well in geo. Like, it's yeah, no Ty wrong. Ty also
3: he's not an outro guy. An outro guy. He struggles. Anytime he has yeah. to land the plane, which considering Ty's background. They it's concerning that he guy. struggles with that, but it's an <laughs> issue. Didn't, I
1: didn't fly him, just so you know. That is true. I wrote about him, did not fly him myself.
3: I could see why they didn't let you. You struggled to land the plane.
1: <laughs> Don't let anyone do it, but it's I got a little queasy. Anyway. It's Sully
3: Sullenberger. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again to all of you for fun listening. Fact,
1: real quick. I, I got flight and the movie uh, Sully and Flight Confused. Wait, which is the one about the drunk pilot?
3: That's flight. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so thankfully
3: sully sully is not, was not the drunk one about the drug but pilot. I, I was out wow, to that lunch. Could have had very different i worked with know. avi
1: uh, yeah exactly i worked with aviation people and i was out to lunch and i was like why do we keep honoring this guy who flew drunk and just oh, happened gosh. to land and they were like that's two different movies <laughs> so i got that one straight now oh, sully oh, captain, captain. not
3: that's drunk why, that's why ty no longer works in aviation <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon when Bucks are playing games again. Uh, until next time, uh, pod random and go Bucks.